Don't miss. Amira puts on the Jets, runs to 10 metres and suckers the goal. Well, Hawks fans, with the team done for 2019, it's time to look back at the season that was. And with Jeff's foreboding letter in mind, it's time to look ahead too and predict the moves that we're set to make in the off-season. Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Hawk Talk podcast, the go-to show for all fans of the Hawthorne Football Club. My name is Nick Mason. I'm joined by a man who still owes me a palmer. G'day, Tiz. Oh, it's in the mail, all right? <laughs> You're slacking off. <laughs> I'm starting to doubt if you follow through, and so are the listeners. I've already paid for one last year. And so now you owe me another. Where should, Where is this math falling down face, for you? Good face. Yeah, okay. Well, okay, so I'm supposed to trust that you're good for it. Yeah. Okay, well. Like a Friday night special from you. Oh, that's a low <laughs> blow. Although I can't say I haven't earned it. I've got form in that area. And to help recap season 2019, it's our pleasure to welcome back senior writer for the AFL record, and you've heard him on SEN, it's Ashley Brown. Hello, good to be here. I think I can say in this context, a 40-year member, I got my certificate. Oh, that's right, yes. From, uh, the uh, great, I got it from Justin Reeves, and uh, Russell Green, I think, presented them before the West Coast game. So, in that context, good to be here. <laughs> Do they give you a, uh, a discount after 40 years? They give you nothing. <laughs> no, that's not true. Apart that's from not, the certificate, nice very nice lunch in the uh, in one of the rooms, the, the Yarra room at the MCG, reserved seat on level two in the northern stand. It was a it was a very nice, very nice afternoon. So it was good to be uh, good to be thanked by the club for giving for forty years. And uh, there was a guy in there, eighty year membership. Wow. And what did he so, get? Nothing? The same. <laughs> he got the same. So it's all about penny pinching with Dingley on the way, so yeah. <laughs> that's what the club's all about at the moment. Well, you get to 50 years in the MCC, it's 15 bucks for your membership. For every year after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> iTunes, first of all, rate and review us on iTunes. We've hit 202 ratings, so keep those coming. And uh, some lovely reviews, Tiz. Beautiful reviews. So we'll probably have to do stuff over the off-season this time. Well, for our Patreon subscribers at the very least. <laughs> <laughs> they, they're expecting some bonus episodes. Won't you shall so deliver. they may grow. Exactly. That's what we're all about here. Uh, let, let us read out some reviews, though. We've got Corey VD, who wrote, uh, A must for any Hawthorne supporter. Love your work, boys. It's become something I look forward to every week. It makes the losses easier to cop and the wins just that much sweeter. Keep up the good work and bring on 2020. And Khalid, 197909. What is that all about? There were obviously 197,908 <laughs> Khalids. <laughs> hey, boys, you keep getting better and better. Great show with a bit of fun. Hope we get Ash on the show next week, which we've done. Tick that off yep. and keep up the great work. There you go. Fans out there, Ash, how good is that? Well, you just give the people what they want. <laughs> But now we have to change the tone a bit because uh, we have an apology oh, off yeah. the last uh, off the last pod. A few people let me know about it. I think the first one might have been my own brother who let me know that uh, in our little game that we play with uh, our ratings on iTunes, when we hit 200, I thought, yeah, it's just Ted Poole we've got to worry about. No, it rhymed with Poole. It's Brad Sewell. 200 game player I neglected to mention last week. How could I have done such a thing, listeners? I'm so sorry. He won't forgive you. It's a little worrying because he's a bit of a hard nut, isn't he? So I better, better watch <laughs> my back. Seventh overall pick in the 03 rookie draft, won the PCM in 2007, Tiz. And two premierships, great player. And uh, I, I reckon he feels like he ended his career a little bit too early, don't you, Ash? 
he was a bit disappointed to get a game in 2014. He thought he'd done enough to get get picked. Although I never, I remember in the the lead up to that grand final, I couldn't I couldn't put him in the in the team. So I wasn't surprised he got left out. But he uh, mm. he was disappointed. Having said that, hasn't affected his relationship with the club. Still loves the club, but very close to everything at Hawthorne. So, but uh, he he feels he should have had the third one. So there we go. Brad Saw, 200 game player for the Hawthorne Football Club. We salute you. We now move on as we've hit 202 ratings to Jeff Ablett. 202 games in the brown and gold, a two-time premiership player, first in 1976, then in 1978. As we all know, the better Ablett. <laughs> Is that right? Certainly the first Ablett. Yeah. That's he right. started the dynasty. Yes, indeed he did. A talented wingman with a superb kick, regarded as one of the fastest players in the league, and really lived up to that reputation because, uh, geez, he won the sprint a few times, three times in a row. Gave us a reason to come to the grand final those three years. You wouldn't go, you didn't go to the bathroom at half time because you stayed <laughs> to watch the uh, grand final sprint if you're a Hawthorne supporter. So <laughs> he saluted. And I can't left remember. the club at the end of 82. He missed out on probably, he would have played in a couple of premier, couple, at least one more premiership. How he started Hawthorne. He fell out with Alan Jones. I think it's quite impressive that uh, when he was with St Kilda, uh, he won four years later. He rocked up to the sprint again and won it again. So I, he won three times in a row. I can't even remember the last time he won the sprint. Yeah, neither, actually. I think that might be it. Anyway, that's Jeff Ablett, 202 game player of the Hawthorne Football Club. You can find us on Twitter as well, at Hawk Talk Pod. Let's notch up 1,700 followers by the final siren of the season. How good would that be? Like us on Facebook too, uh, facebook.com slash Pod and Patreon, as we mentioned before, patreon.com slash Pod. The more you support us, the more likely it is that we'll just keep on pumping out those bonus episodes in the off-season. And we've got a shout-out to Brito there, who's recently, Brito. Spon- <laughs> recently sponsored us. So. Do we get into? Do we start reading out the amounts that these people have done, or is that a bit too? Oh no, I think we hid that. So okay, yeah. all right. Fair whatever, you, whatever you sign up for, no one else will know. Yep, exactly right. Uh, I mean, the good thing is the lowest tier there is a dollar, and you get something for your dollar. You get the rough cast. If you haven't jumped on that, people are raving about that still. So uh, jump on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/talktalkpod. For one dollar, you get the rough cast. Each tier has its own perks, and uh, the more you pump into this show, the more you get out of it. And that's uh, that's the great system we've got going there. Anyway, all of that being out of the way, time to round up some news from this week, Tiz. Well, the first thing is Bolts. He's back at the club. Ash, any inkling that this was going to happen? Well, I didn't have an inkling. He'd been talking about that um, Melbourne, but Alan Richardson got the job there. Uh, maybe North Melbourne, but I think that uh, it's a very good appointment. My theory on this appointment, I. I care to know what you guys think is mm. um, he is there to mentor Sam Mitchell mm-hmm. okay, to a large degree and um, let Clarko get on with his last few years at the club. I think Clarko would just like for his next three years just try and get that piece of silverware, not be and focus on the team a bit and leave and leave Clark uh, leave Bolton to develop the coaches, right. work with Sam Mitchell and make the seamless and maybe make that transition more seamless. Uh, in 2022 or 2023, whenever that's going to come. So that's my theory. I um, don't know what you guys think. Cause I, I, I just, sorry to jump in, Tiz. I just noted that, um, Ash, you've even got the Alistair Clarkson parlance down. The next piece of silverware. Well, I said it for <laughs> a reason. <laughs> <laughs> but I heard that uh, Bolts and Fagan were more or less the cushioning devices for uh, Clarkson's abrupt approach to player management. <laughs> I think there's a bit of that as well. Uh, certainly, Clarkson values Bolton's council. Bolton does love the Hawks. They were hanging around together at the VFL, I yeah, noticed. Well, <laughs> there was a thing on HHQ about, I wonder who Brand was. 
West stage. <laughs> who's that? And Brand took, Brand took this great mark and he said, who's that? So That's not true. I don't on. know if that's true or not. But um, <laughs> It's good to have him back. Uh, I was telling people that as soon as he got sacked from Carlton, his kids were happy because they turned to the dad. Dad, don't think we can back for Hawthorne again. Really? <laughs> so, that's brilliant. I mean, that's what all the Hawks fans are saying. Is what I was saying. As soon as the news came out, I tweeted, eh, maybe it's time to come on back. So how much longer do we have to hold out for Jack to come back? Or is that not going to happen? <laughs> Jack Russell, is he on his way back? You know, he might be a bit entrenched to Carlton for a little while. but uh, Sad. So you know, sad. Yeah. Well, and Pat- I never, I never saw the the Clarkson to Carlton because one thing Clarkson is incredibly loyal. Do you not watch Talking people. Footy? Do you well, Footy Classified? Are you aware of these shows? I'm aware of these shows. I don't okay. believe a lot of noise coming out of those shows. Clarkson was never going to go to Carlton after the sacking one of his best mates. No. Oh, yeah, I didn't think of that. No, it's well, not I mean, his, it's not in his makeup. And yeah. what do you think of Teague? Well, I think of Teague. Oh, I think he'll be pretty good. I, he's, I've spoken to him before. He's a very impressive guy. He's actually. What you're getting with Teague, the, the person who most moulded Teague, and sorry for the Hawthorne supporters to be talking about Carlton too much, is he's a Phil Walsh disciple. Oh, okay. Mm. So that... Absolute Phil Walsh disciple. So he'll, okay. And he'll bring the, the Walsh touch and the Walsh values to Carlton. So I think that's actually a pretty smart appointment by Carlton. Because uh, Adelaide have plummeted since Teague left. So perhaps yeah, he well, is Yeah, well, there's people important. in Adelaide who are saying, well, why did they just let him walk out the door? Well, once again, a Hawthorne great coming to save another club. We brought Jason Dunstall on the, the review committee, is it? Is yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, he's on board. I mean, just Hawthorne just bails everyone out. I don't think about Dunstall. If you don't want to know the answer, don't expect him to uh, beat around the bush. <laughs> is he'll, that... let, he'll let people at Adelaide know. He <laughs> one thing he doesn't care about, Dunstall's popularity. Oh, we've seen that with the, with the bounce. Yeah, so that no, is actually... He doesn't care about ratings at all. That is actually Dunstall, that character that... Yeah. That he's playing. That is actually him. He's a grumpy, he can be a, gr- he's a grumpy hard man. Well, you sort of did at Hawthorne. Basically, three of his premiership yeah. teammates wouldn't give him the coaching job. Yeah, I totally buy that. So I've, I've always bought into he, that. Being he'll be him. good. He's a very, it's a very shrewd choice by Adelaide to get him onto that panel. How he's going to manage the media side? By, I mean, again, we're digressing off Hawthorne, but how you manage <laughs> the? Uh, he's going to learn things in the next few weeks that he they were given five years worth of content and one of his various media <laughs> wow. shows but he won't be able to say it because he signed this NDA so. well, Dermot had a little bit of trouble with that too didn't he yeah from time to time but, uh, <laughs> yeah Dunstall will be good for Adelaide you mentioned that uh, Bolton's kids were thrilled at the prospect of him going I know back a to joke, but I mean I just like saying it but. I, I think it's probably true I think that everyone who had just a brown and gold bone in their body was just going all right, come on, it's time. You're coming back. Brendan Bolton seems to have relished the opportunity to come back as well. This is a quote from him. My love of football is as strong as ever, and the chance to work with the Hawks coaching group is something that really excites me. Hawthorne feels like home for me and my family. We're incredibly happy to be back in the brown and gold. I think there's one caveat with Bolton, though. I think if um, if Tassie was to get a licence in the next few years, mm. he would be involved. That might, be, that might take him away from Hawthorne, not necessarily as coach, but he'd be sorely tempted to... Don't do this, Ash. We just got him back. I know. Come well, on. I'm just being the, it's the, it's the uh, real Sydney coming yes, out. We, no, we haven't enough. even announced we're leaving Tasmania yet. I think that's that's on the agenda, isn't it, Tassie? It's yeah, we'll be talking about Tassie we'll, a little we'll bit later. Yep. Uh, Premiership player James Frawley is going to remain in the brown and gold for a season 2020, having signed a new one-year deal. And, uh, geez, we signed a few other blokes up as well. Five promising young Hawks have signed two. All one-year deals, these. Jackson Ross, Harrison Jones, Damon Greaves, Will Golds, and Ned Reeves. Yeah, four of some of the worst players on the weekend there. <laughs> VFL was pretty bad. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Are we going to get stuck Especially in Especially after now? half time, but 
Well, we don't have much to say about it, I suppose. Well, there wasn't much happening after halftime. All I'm saying is that sign a contract, sort of just, you just sort of sign off for the year. Do you buy into that as a theory that players in the week that have been signed, they don't usually front up? Because it's something I've noticed. Yeah, definitely. They relax. Yeah, the heat's off. It's a big theory of the NFL. Once players sign their contract, don't get them off your fantasy team. Because so. <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't go so well. Jones is unlucky, wasn't he? He was 23rd man. He was 22nd and a half yeah, man for round so one against to Adelaide. Debuting. He was mm. so close to getting a game. And here we go, didn't play all year. Greaves, I haven't seen much. I don't watch a lot of Box Hill, to be honest. Um, he, goals, I'm, I'm told they rate. Ross wants to be the next Gunston. Gee, but I looked at him, he's still thin. Oh, he's tiny. Yes, he's wiry. He's got, a, he's got a bit of work. I was watching the... Because um, I was getting hypes for our for our performance against Werribee, which uh, didn't didn't even matter in the end. But I was watching the uh, Premiership, the 2018 um, Box Hill Premiership. That is dedication. Well, it was a good day. It was and we had a good some, day. We had some great highlights. Um, CJ did some good things, just steamrolling the Casey bloke. That was good fun. <laughs> uh, but seeing Jackson Ross then, I'm like, he's not changed. He's still the <laughs> same physique. That well, needs to probably... Let's just hope he's not a Timmy. Well, oh God, six, well, he's, seven years later. He's put on a little bit more weight this year, you'd have to say. Tim O'Brien? Well, Tim O'Brien, yeah, I would say that about him. Yep. Still ways to go. I'd like him to... Liking to bulk up a bit. But, uh, I mean, you've provided the segue there, Tiz. Um, let's talk about Box Hill. I mean, there's still a bit to say. It was a pretty bad loss, but we can talk about it. Yeah, so 41 points, and they weren't really in it after halftime. Uh, it started raining, and they didn't look like they were physically ready for Werribee. Uh, but Werribee had beaten us earlier in the year as well. and we Twice? Just, well, I, yeah. At least once, but I think they beat us twice. So they were set. And mm. I thought um, Mark Williams coached pretty damn well against Bailey. Kind of outclassed Bailey in the end, I thought. As a coach, or I, I just so. thought in terms of effort they were down the Box Hill Hawks. Well, true. I mean, once the conditions set in and it, it got pretty bad there for a while, uh, Werribee were happy to play contested footy, and Box Hill really didn't have an answer for that. Uh, James Cousins performed admirably, still team high twenty six touches. And Pitto, like yes. he he wanted it. He what did he end with? Uh, Fifty four hitouts, six yep. clearances, and sixteen touches. I mean, that doesn't look like a bloke that wants to go elsewhere, to be honest. He's had a good year, Pittenet, actually. I mean, how many opportunities do you have at a senior level? Maybe, what, two or three? But How many times do you have to get over 50 before you get a call up in the yeah. hit outs? Yeah. It's, just... it's been tough for him. He's been plugging away. He put together a good season for Box Hill overall. Uh, what about this guy, James Warple, named in the 2019 22-under-22 team after a breakout season where he played every game and averaged 27 touches, if you don't mind. It doesn't mean much, apart from the fact that that's another card for me to collect. That's... <laughs> That's about it. Ash, should we be rating this at all? Should we be looking into this? Well, Hardwick missed out again. Mm. Well, he uh, missed out last year, Yeah, too. missed out last year. Second best in Ferris. Um, look, you go through these all these Australian teams. and Well, we have had... Uh, you look at... You look at you go through, well, who, who does he get in ahead of for someone like Hardwick? And I looked at it and I thought, was, you know, not many. Though the point was made by someone, I think on your Twitter feed, that uh, Sydney Stack was dropped... Yes, mm. yeah. but we we still don't know why. Well, picked, in the back, picked in the back pocket and was dropped. Right. Yeah, but I feel like that was uh, something out, he did out of school. Yeah. I think Warple's been outstanding. Um, he's been absolutely outstanding season. He's just an absolute joy to watch play every week. Well, let's, let's look at some of these numbers here. Across yeah. the course of the season, he uh, led the Hawks for disposals, 584. That's 41 positions. ahead of, of uh, Who was both next? Henderson and oh, right. O'Meara. 
Okay, it's a whole go. game. <laughs> Contested <laughs> possessions, 265. Defensive half pressure acts, 239. And total clearances, 139. So, I mean, he's leading the way in some pretty key areas there. He had a brilliant season. Um, and I know someone, Chris has asked us, were you surprised that he wasn't considered for the All-Australian team? They have a, the opposite of, re, of recency bias, the All-Australian team. They meet about mm. halfway through the season and more or less put in their squad. And you have to do really, really well in the second half of the it. season to shake it. And mm. Warple came from the clouds late in the season. His numbers over the last six or eight weeks were fantastic, but I think they probably had their team set. And I crunched the numbers. I don't normally do this, but I actually crunched the numbers on the AFL website comparing him to yeah, the midfielders. His numbers weren't quite there yet mm. for some of the guys who got picked, but he's probably one year away. I mean, I cannot wait to see what him and Tom Mitchell do next year and what Sam Mitchell designs, <laughs> the play design that... Uh, Sam's was going to create for Tom Mitchell and um, Warple next year. Well, some of the league's best players have had a whole season to catch up to Tom Mitchell, and they haven't in terms of <laughs> sheer disposal numbers. Well, I'd like to mention Brayshaw at this point and how well he did in the Brownlow last year. Yeah, he, he was watching in his pyjamas at home. So um... <laughs> he, he came from the clouds. No one expected that, and I feel yeah. like there could be an opportunity for James Warple to pick up three votes a few times late in the year. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think he'll be invited. Do you? Really? Yeah, well, I think so. Oh. I did you publish a list of who's been invited? It hasn't come out yet, but I imagine if they're smart, they'll at least be in the room, unlike Brayshaw last year. <laughs> Fancy <laughs> leaving the Warpedo at home. I thought they opened those envelopes now. I didn't think they they were really that. Well, there's all these theories going around about the uh, about what the, the umpires actually know what's going on, and they, the secret communication channel that more or less works out who's who's going to win it or who's oh, going to go That wouldn't close. surprise. No. Well, they've been out and out leaks over going back in time, but uh, Warple, it's it's been terrific. I expect him to win the best and fairest. You do at Hawthorne, yeah. mm. and I hope he does. It'd be fantastic. Wouldn't it be fantastic to have a twenty-year-old player winning the uh, the well, we nearly time wanted PCM. Yeah, we nearly had it two years in a row. Then with all that news roundup out of the way, I guess actually one more thing: Sicily making the squad is something we didn't mention. Oh, the um, all Australian, yeah, the all Australian, all Australian squad. Our only hawk to make it and uh, wasn't picked. So. That's all I want to say. No, who kept him out? That's a good question. Well, Jeremy McGovern kept him out, and I thought Sicily had a better season than McGovern. Oh, there's what? two or three players at per year in the Australian team and get in reputation. What, Fat Pendlebury McGovern? Pendlebury was one this year. <laughs> fat McGovern. I reckon McGovern, fat. I reckon McGovern got in reputation this year. Yeah. I reckon Sicily had a better season than McGovern. Well, Sicily was stiff last year, but those few games he missed. Last year he would have, probably would have made it because yeah. of the injury. And I thought this year he put together a better season. And Well, he missed six weeks last year. Well, that's what I'm saying. He almost got in regardless. And then he put together a more complete season this year and still didn't make it. So, But they did put uh, him to the, the wing. They <laughs> put him to half forward. <laughs> oh, you remember when Sicily played forward this year? Yeah. Oh, my God. You called for that. Uh, I, I did not. <laughs> I very much did not. Thank you. Uh, okay, let's get into the really pleasing season review. This is uh, just a bunch of things. We, well, we threw it open to the Twitter sphere at Hawk Talk Pod. Uh, lots of different moments suggested by Hawks fans that made up what was a pretty entertaining season. So I thought we might start with the best wins. Uh, what kind of springs to mind for you guys? Well, it's a funny old season because it won 11 games, but I reckon there's seven or eight games that over the summer when you, there's nothing happening, nothing on telly, you're sick of the cricket and mm-hmm. whatever it is, you'll want to watch the footy. There's seven or eight games that Hawthorne won this year you would happily sit back and watch and think they were so entertaining. Yeah, yeah. I'd put the Adelaide game in round yeah. one in there as well. I loved that win, yes. It was a fa- fantastic win. Yeah. So, but yeah, both the Geelong game was, was terrific. Beating up the Giants twice was mm. great. The, the performance in the last round was sublime. 
but a lot of good wins it, it was some terrible losses I would cover some of them off last when I was on last time but yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, a, it's sort of a tale of two halves of the season really. some great entertainment there's, this year Hawthorne there's no Carlton game here that was terrific I honestly don't really they remember all got it. Where did we play them again? Hope. It was Tassie, wasn't it? Yeah, it's Tassie. Yeah, and then okay. we still won. <laughs> <laughs> you love those games. Yeah, well... It's all about schadenfreude for you, isn't well, it? Well, we managed to get Bolts back as a result. Don't forget that. <laughs> Might be reading into it a little too closely there. Bolts, first time he goes to the team meeting at Hawthorne, he'll go to Jago Mir and say, if only I tagged you. <laughs> of uh, the Carlton when we played you I wouldn't be in the room now oh. I'd still be coach <laughs> well I, I did read something and did I mention this last time I'm not sure just go for it I read the guys that forecast the results uh, before Bolts was sacked they still had five wins earmarked for Carlton by the end of the five more wins by mm, the end yeah. of the year so their idea is Teague is uh, overrated Oh. And it's all it's all results bias, oh. which um, which I I think it would have been strange if they'd let you know. Well, I don't understand why they signed him early because he was he mm. going elsewhere. But now yeah. Rossi Lyon, I would have loved to see him at Carlton. <laughs> oh God! Oh, it would have been great. So much Schadenfreude from the other side of the but, table at the moment. But having said that, he may still end up at Essendon, which is a much better result. Yes, no, I'd be happy with that. Uh, I, let's look at these wins. Uh, th- these are some of the ones suggested by Hawks fans. Round eight versus the Giants, Ashley brought up. Uh, both Giants games, in fact. Um, to beat them twice in, in, in different ways as well. I mean, we had them at the, the MCG and completely outcoached and then in wet weather footy and snowy conditions, really, just out-hunted, out-hunted the Giants, really. So I thought both of those are fantastic. Outcoached both times, really. But, uh, That's the true. Second ga- well, the second game was... Uh... The theory with Hawthorne this year, how well Clarkson coached. Every time Hawthorne won, it was a, a mm. coaching masterclass. So I thought the players had a fair bit to do, certainly with the second win over the Giants. They had that sort of happy-go-lucky attitude that they also took with them to Perth. Those last few games of the season, the word that springs to mind for me is morale. There just seemed to be a great sense of morale among the players. And it was no more on show that, than when that snow was coming down. And they just seemed to be loving it. They seemed to be just loving life. It was, and the Giants couldn't have been wanted to be further away. It was terrible for them. Which brings the Isaac Smith, no, we're jumping forward, it brings the whole Isaac Smith mm. into question because he's True. a big part of that. Yes. You know, running around in his jocks the day before the game <laughs> and setting the mood amongst the players. It's a big, it's a, one of those chemistry things that I'm not as sold on him leaving as some people are. I'm not sure whether... He, well, some of his stats are a long way down. I mean, I think he's down... He's not scoring. 36 goals down to 21 or something like that. Mm. You know. He's but not I, scoring. But, but then, they were putting him behind the ball. Yeah. So The runoff half-back, I mean, without Impey, they've got a bit to think about. He's just one of those chemistry people. Look, maybe someone gives him three years and he goes to Clarks and makes a decision for the club and says, you know, I'm going to take the three years. Mm-hmm. I'm not, no, I'm not going to get it here and that would be the best outcome. But surely he has longer than most players because he started later on the AFL journey. So Fifth fastest player to get to 200 games. Yeah. yeah. A durable, can't they offer him two? Or they just they have to do a blanket one year after 30. One year after 30 is the yeah. Hawthorne rule. I was going to ask you guys, what mm. do you think is our best loss? <laughs> In a perverse way, maybe the Bulldogs one. Mm. <laughs> I know well, listeners are screaming at Bulldogs me at the moment. Game, and I don't often say this, but they were absolutely robbed that day. <laughs> they were lucky with two on the bench. People forget about that as well. They actually I had, love this because he's usually so level-headed they about had no the AFL. <laughs> they had no rotations, really. Like, and then they, 
some some unbelievable umpiring decisions that type that weren't paid for the rest of the season, <laughs> pretty much. So, but the West Coast game they played was the that was the best outcome that they were thought they were yeah. going they were thirteenth after that game. We thought, oh, the tank is on, but they've actually mm. shown that they can match it with the top teams. Now I forgot about the West Coast one. That was the one that we they went played, to. They and, played uh, really well, except for just their conversion. Well, yeah. I thought the uh, the loss to Geelong in round five, after we'd had our hearts ripped out by both the dogs and then we'd beaten North and then we had that awful injury toll against St Kilda and they won with a kick that won wasn't probably yeah. a free kick. Mirror getting pinked holding the ball. For, well, he came down in the marking contest and <laughs> fell in his lap and it was, but, an, it was a free kick, apparently. But then they all sort of pulled together and they put in a very good performance against Geelong that day. Mm. I think Geelong thought they were going to run away with it. Yep. But there's, a, there's not one game this year where they didn't turn up. That's true. I, I really liked the endeavour. They always had heart. You know, they, they weren't deplorable. Like, oh, I've seen some bad... No, they were. That, really? that, the first half of that Carlton game, that was deplorable. Okay, no, well, fair enough. I'll go back to your Twitter feed for that one. The effort <laughs> is what I mean. The effort has never been deplorable. Again, maybe the execution's been off in some games, but they've always had heart, which is more than you can say for, I mean, even some Hawthorne outfits from years gone by, but yeah. we'd have to go a long way back for that. But no, I mean, we, Usually in the premiership years, we didn't turn up against Richmond. <laughs> that's true. But I mean, I'm looking at, I've watched Melbourne this year. I've watched the Suns. Why? Exactly, that's my point, and we've nowhere near it's been recruiting, isn't it? That's why you're watching, <laughs> mate. I don't want any of their players. Forget about it. Actually, do I? Yes. Who? Jack uh, Martin. Lacocious. We don't want. I don't think we want Martin. I don't think we're looking at him. I don't think we're going to get him anyway. Uh, Geelong. I thought at the MCG was a really good win. Um, it was round 18 when we met them again. And round 23, obviously the Eagles. I I would rate that as our best for mine. Let's move on to marks. This is a favourite part of my game. I actually found out it took until uh, 1890 before mm. the first, as an Essendon player, actually caught above his head the ball. And uh, I thought that was remarkable. What was happening before then? Oh, just all chest marks. Okay. Anyway. No lacking imagination. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what, what do you reckon? Well, I mean, let's get to the obvious. Uh, and there's something that listeners pointed out when we put it to them. Any one of Mitch Lewis's contested grabs, TOB had a number of screamers, but I think we can go a bit more specific than that, as people did. Um, I think the most popular one would probably be round 17 versus Frio. Down in Tassie, Tim O'Brien, just flying from nowhere. That was spectacular. I'm a big fan of uh, Mitch Lewis's contested marks. He's just exciting because he's had an XK4 we wanted to see something from. And then on Friday night against Collingwood in a big game, big crowd, mm. just came and take, took all these great marks. So... Uh, Jack Scrimshaw in round 23. Thank you. I'll have that one. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people chose that one as well. Um, one hand going sure back, back with a flight of the ball. We, we talked about it last week and I've watched it many times since, uh, thanks to some looping gifts that people posted. I mean, if Danaher can win for his mark of the year. Well, then, yeah, exactly yeah. right. <laughs> uh, round 18 versus Geelong. I was reviewing some footage of these games. Um, round 18, Tim O'Brien. Do you happen to remember that was very late in the game, almost at the goal square? Uh, it was just a one-out contest, and the leap on the lad was incredible. I'd advise people to go back and watch that one. Actually, I found something on the Hawthorne app. Did you know mm. that you can go into a player profile and look up highlights per player? Is that right? For games. Okay, well, nice, neat plug for the uh, the app there. I didn't know that existed. Yeah, that's incredible. I knew the app because it I was existed. I didn't at, know you could do that. I was, how many games do you reckon Dave Mirror played? Uh, well, this year? Yeah. Uh, 
five. I don't know. Yeah, it's about that. I <laughs> I couldn't remember him playing, but because uh, I was trying to see whether he'd stay on the list or not. Yeah, we've got a lot of change on our list anyway. But I found that you could go and find his highlights per game. There you go. Uh, what about best goals? Uh, when Chad announced himself, <laughs> was uh, he kicked three that day, didn't he? And the third was the best of the lot. And against North, your favourite mob. Oh yes, I mean you're talking about Brendan Bolton's fate. I think that's uh, <laughs> deciding Scott. things for Chris Scott. I mean Brad Scott. Sorry. Oh sorry, I, t- I took your lead. I got the wrong. <laughs> Clearly, I just want to rant about Chris Scott. Now, what's happening here with with uh, Brad Scott? <laughs> he's now going to cost North a fortune unless he gets a posting. Well, the, the word is apparently he's going to get an AFL post. Is, does that count, though? I've heard it does, but it's only going to take him to about 400 grand of the 800. Well, what's he so, doing? Well, North he do- still have to pay him. His accountant is an idiot. <laughs> the club's an idiot, <laughs> broadly. They're just one big walking idiot. Oh, well, there's something else going on there. Um, who else have we got? Oh, Ricky Henderson from the Boundary. This one was popular with listeners. Round five against Geelong from the Boundary. That was Anne on the full free kick, and he just yep. set it through, didn't he? And uh, forever sullied by Brian Taylor's atrocious commentary. Looking for, I think it was Tim Watson, was it? This is a this is <laughs> this is a recurring theme with you, Nick. Well, it bothers me because it's such a great goal, and now every time we watch it back, we have to get Brian Taylor calling for Tim, but it's like uh, his bloody Alan Partridge. <laughs> <laughs> But at least he uh, he brought the effort with the EJ Witten game. He was I, in the rooms with the uh, champions after. Was that his best roaming Ryan for the year? Yeah, it was pretty good. The GWS one, as we've covered in the snow, that was pretty good. <laughs> that was going to be tough to top. Uh, another good goal, Jack Gunston, round 10 versus Port Adelaide. Either of you remember that one? That was sheer ass, wasn't it? That was just luck. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of was. Kind of getting it from the outside of the foot on now, the goal line. Now, this next one, James Warple in traffic, in front of goal. Yep. He put it on the boot, check side. That was terrific. Jeez, and I mean, lucky someone had the nerve to like compose themselves and put it through. Cause it, needed, it came at a critical time too, I think. Yes, it needed the goal. Yeah, it did. It was a very low-scoring game, that one. So every goal was important, but that one especially. Great leadership. Yes. Oh, but we made it hard on ourselves in that play. Uh, and, of course, number one, a lot of people submitted this. Jared Ruffhead, round 22, versus the Gold Coast in his farewell game. It has to be the yes goal. It's That's what it's known as, is it? Well, that's what I'm calling it. Okay. Yes. Uh, I mean, you can't go past it. It was vintage rough. Snap, wheel around and snap and go straight through the middle. It was a little too emotional for me. I felt uncomfortable when that happened. <laughs> I just had to sort of compose myself and... It was a big day. It was a big day. It was one of the best of the year for for a Hawthorne fan because it was just so loud. Yeah, <laughs> bizarre game. Just look around; everybody was a Hawthorne supporter. Yeah, <laughs> everybody. It's like a uh, preview of heaven, really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of, I mean, we've got a number of feel good moments for season twenty nineteen. I mean, mine right off the top. This will surprise no one that's a long time listener of this podcast. The switch to Mitch, the arrival of Mitch Lewis. From round 16 onwards. I know he played games before that in the season, but once he came back from the VFL and he was given another shot, he just absolutely shone. Came back with purpose, didn't he? Mm. So they dropped him just to put the wind up in or something? Or? Yeah, they were very disappointed with the elements of his game against Brisbane. What, uh, tackling and that yeah. kind of stuff, pressure? Yeah, yeah but he didn't. Uh, I think he broke a few team rules and they were really annoyed with that sort of uh, 
around the corner kick where they needed a goal. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. So I think they decided to go back and teach him a bit of a lesson. It was a three-week lesson. Wow. So many players do that, and though. And he came back and he was terrific. I think they came back and said, okay, you're, you're in for good now. Unless you do your shoulder and you're going to be out for four months. But, uh, <laughs> yes. He, uh, uh, news coming through, that was um, successful surgery. It's been completed. Yeah, do you want to put out your new hashtag? Oh, yeah, the stitch to Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's been taken care of. So he's on the sidelines. He's going to have a uh, slightly reduced preseason. But what, what do we think? He'll be back in, what, late January? Or it's four months on the sidelines? Four months, but he can do the conditioning and running. Yeah, the whole yeah. lower body's all good. Yeah, we'll get on the bike. So They'll whether it's going to cost something. him another summer in the... Whether it's going to cost him that summer in the gym... That he needs, that yeah. he needs is the big question. I mean, mm. we were sort of looking for him to come back in bulky next year. I don't know. But he's going to get the second defender anyway, isn't he? <laughs> After Pato. <laughs> yeah. Or Timo, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> or Timo, there we go. Um, so... <laughs> I, call, I heard him called Obi today. Obi? Like Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, no. I hope he's not our only hope. <laughs> if Lewis... Sticks up on teams for second, against second defenders next year. That'll that'll be a good thing for Hawthorne, I think. So he'll be fine. And they, they, they've just so little football played now that there's one preseason game, maybe two, that he'd miss it anyway. And that's not till March now. So I suspect it's all good timing. Yeah, I I think it's unfortunate for him, but in terms of our 2020 campaign, I'm not that worried. What about this bloke? Birchall's return in round 17 versus Fremantle it was a long time coming, and wasn't it sweet? And Ross Lyon was good enough not to send anybody near him. <laughs> But I would say the goal he kicked. Yes. Yeah, actually. Who was that against? It was... North. That's right. It was. Yeah. He got injured the same game. Yeah, but a beautiful goal and a great moment. And I think Smithy might have injured him in the celebration. It's pretty extreme. (laughs) Uh, Another one we've touched on, uh, just Hawthorne being snow buddies. Well, that won't be forgotten. No. No, I mean, that was extraordinary vision, really. Uh, The gang being back together for round 22 Gold Coast. And by that, I mean down the room, celebrating Ruffy. Who, who was it? Is Lewis? Um... Lance Franklin. No, that's redacted. Yeah. <laughs> we don't talk about that, Ash. Uh, <laughs> kidding, kidding. Hodgie. Yeah, Hodgie. It was, no, that was it, wasn't Birchall. it? Yeah, Birchall. And Birchall was there, yeah. So it was Mitchell the five was, of them. They tried to get Mitchell the photo, but he was busy doing something on the whiteboard. And he, he couldn't he couldn't get mm. there. But no, I think any Hawthorne supporter saw that photo. <laughs> Sorry, couldn't get there. Can you make it, Mitch? Or you... Okay, yeah. no worries. I want him to get Mitchell to, to go up to the whiteboard and draw a shark. Cause... <laughs> Just like old times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and obviously, Ruffy's farewell bag. The six goals against Gold Coast. I mean, what a tremendous day that was. What about the surprise packets for the year? The people that... Uh, the players that really shone and just came out of nowhere to surprise you. Well, I was really excited for Jack Scrimshaw, but he started much better than I thought he would. I think better than anyone thought, really. Just He looked... just was seamlessly slotted into our side. Yeah, and then he did take a shot at goal down in Tassie <laughs> and uh, then was some... <laughs> straight to the bench after that. It was quite strange. That was against Carlton. We were playing really badly and mm. he was benched for about oh, 10 minutes. Anyway, he, he learned his lesson and he got one game back at the end of the year after his injury. Mm, good to see. Which Clarko was quoted as saying they wanted to reward his efforts because they had to drop CJ for that, who was another surprise packet, I've got to say. I it didn't was. think he'd be debuting this year. Scrimshaw is a very good footballer. I think we've stolen one from... What was Gold he, pick Coast? seven? Yeah, he yeah. started pick seven, but nevertheless, I don't think... Like I said, I don't think any Hawks fans thought he'd do quite so well. I'd like to... Think that uh, this might have 
He disguised his ability well, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> he might have been encouraged by some people to disguise his ability a little bit. And uh... He's a Hawthorne sleeper agent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he started in the crowd at the Mate, grand final. If yeah. you ended up on the Gold Coast with the God Squad and a couple of other, I'd, I'd <laughs> probably lie a little low too. Uh, just looked like he belonged at the level from the very from that late game, from round one. Yeah. Absolutely, I agree with that. Uh, Ash, any nominations for uh, surprise packets? No, look what you've got here. I think um, Scully uh, coming back and playing all all but two games, one at the start, one at the end, was an outstanding achievement. Mm. Lewis, we talked. Lewis, we knew had it in him. Tim O'Brien, I've got to say, I didn't see that coming. I thought he was a list clogger, and then um, just smart, play him ten half back and get him confidence to go. And I thought he was coming along quite nicely as a key defender. And then yeah, I've seen same. Ford again and suddenly he's made it. He's last six we've been fantastic. I still it's funny, the season finished I would like the season to have gone for another six weeks just for Tim O'Brien. <laughs> yeah, I get what you mean. Get I'm you worried mean. now that he will go back and Yeah. The the the, the lightning in the bottle will the, the backlash will is going to be something well, he's, no immense. he's never been that good before though. Like that's the best he's ever no, been. No but but he's but just, just terrific. But he's just the goal, no one's made the comparison. He kicked that sort of, we sold, sold the can, he kicked the goal against. It was like Buddy did one. <laughs> yeah. It's like the uh, Buddy goal a few years up ago. Against Frio, against wasn't Frio. it? Yeah. Like, yeah. All right, settle down, guys. Yeah, number 23 on. is back. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if, he, if, he can, if he brings that back next year. You'll, be, that, wear, that, you'll be wearing the 23 jumper again, will you, Ash? No, I don't wear the 23. No, what 23 jumper. I had other numbers I preferred, but uh, I'm a 15 man. He's well, like, Aaron Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Kelvin Moore. Kelvin um, Moore. Well, we're just putting it out there. I Henderson, mean, terrific as well. Big boys a defender. I mean, that's fascinating why they did that in the last couple of weeks where that mm. was just... I mean, they did it against Gold Coast as a rehearsal for yes. for West Coast. They're trying to find a way, aren't they, to play Segler and McAvoy in the same team. Yeah. Is it just to give Segler a reason to stay? Yeah, well, or to fatten the calf. I don't know. Um, mm. But it, I thought it was an interesting ploy that they did that. I don't know if it's got. I don't know if it'll work in the long term. It worked, as a shock tactic, it worked really I, well. I think it's nice to know that we can do it if we need to, but I'm, I can't see it being a permanent fixture of our game. I mean, four weeks ago, we we're talking about is Ben McAvoy take the place of Paul Salmon Hawthorne team this century? Mm. He's been he's been that good a ruckman for Hawthorne. Well, it looks like if we're in the frame for another flag, he's, he can be the guy to take us there. Yeah. So, I mean, the conversation's open. Um, what it most improved, obviously, top of the list is Tim O'Brien again. One thing I did want to say about Tim O'Brien was... Do you really think he's the most improved? I think he has to be in the conversation, right? Oh, oh, sorry, top of the list, I thought you meant... Well, as far as who I want to talk about, right. um, based on what we were saying before, I think now that we know uh, it's gone to even a, an, another level, we, we sort of had an inkling of what he could do. We thought the potential was there. This season he's shown it. I do worry. I do worry about next year, as you say, because the backlash from fans, if he doesn't step up, it's going to be immense. I'd like to put up the name Jager O'Meara, who only missed one game for the year. That's actually incredible, considering what he was shouldering. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he plateaued in the second half of the season, but understandably, because I don't think he was, you know, he was the number one midfielder being sat on Absolutely every buggered every I think he was, he was actually rooted by the end of the season. I thought uh, Warple was Hawthorne's most improved player, just mm. from where he and we showed a few glimpses towards the end of last season, but then he was just so good pretty much all season this year. Impey was terrific, mm-hmm. and I'll miss Impey next year. He was uh, he was super player for for most of the season, and he, he was one of the few players who played well in the first half of the year when Hawthorne 
then some of those bad losses Hawthorne had. You know, he played well in the Melbourne game. He played well in the... His intercept marking was very good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he, you see his confidence growing to take the game on. And, um, intercept mark and then take off and run and use the ball. And um, So I thought he had a terrific season. He'd be a big loss. But um, hopefully with ACLs now, hopefully be back by mid-season next season. Let's talk about uh, a couple of questions that we received from listeners on Twitter at HawkTalkPod about the PCM. We heard from Jacob, will Warple steam home to take out the PCM? If not, who's going to take it home? We also heard from Jack, also known as SOS, son of Stuart. Uh, who are the top three for the 2009 PCM? He's, he's been kind enough to nominate some of his own picks. He's put the Warpedo first, then Hardwick, and then Tim O'Brien in third. And he thought he'd like this. His number 23 in the polling is going to be Sean Marcus. That's very kind. Did, did, did he play a game he this year? Game. <laughs> I think he's just trolled you, as, yeah, as Jack. He definitely has. Warple, one. Frawley, two. Mm-hmm. Because there's always the random defender that no one thinks about that always plays <laughs> well at Hawthorne. Gibson won it twice, but no one yeah. tracked him in the top five. Yep. Twice in premierships. And for three, I would go Henderson because his first sort of two-thirds of the season were really good. But it'll be an exciting count because I think Henderson will jump out to a... To what about Impey? He'd, he'd have to do well. Yeah, Impey will do well, but he might be fourth or fifth. I think Amira and might rank McAvoy the top McAvoy started excellently. Yeah. Um, but it'll be Henderson early and then Warple coming with a run late. Absolutely, yeah. I, I agree with that. Do you I think, think we could have a draw for the PCM? They could. I don't know if they have. Do they have count backs? I wouldn't know. But, uh, <laughs> what was the, there was one club that had about four win the... When they're what? Uh, yeah, when best in Ferris a couple of years ago. It's probably happening north. <laughs> Can't get anything right. Uh, PCM, I reckon Warple is oh, going to win it. I don't like the next question, Nick. Well, we'll get to that. I'm giving my picks first. Warple, uh, Hendo, and I reckon Hardwick will make a good showing again. I reckon he's going to be that defender that comes from the clouds. Well, I noticed you mentioned Sicily, who was in the Australian squad. Yep. Or Shields. <laughs> yeah, Shields, yeah. Yeah. It's funny season. Isn't it? We're talking about a lot of players having good seasons. Well, it's, fundamentally, it's not not been a bad season for Hawthorne. It's, had quite a few good players. Well, everyone showed their burden pretty well. Yeah. Scoring was the problem. Our forward line couldn't do anything. Well, we just had no one that was truly exceptional. Well, what do you mean just up forward in isolation? Well, anybody across any of the lines. No one was truly <sighs> exceptional. Yeah, I can see the argument for that. I think there there are some players that grazed it, but yeah. They wouldn't be. Uh, I wouldn't be forthcoming and naming them straight away, in terms of the league. Uh, let, let's talk about the next question. You had your eye on it. You couldn't wait. Does Stratton <laughs> retain the captaincy for twenty twenty? Yes, I don't see why he wouldn't. He's had some form issues. I'd have to say. Well, hang on. You've defended him in the past. You, you've actually been quite in his corner about this. Well, no, I'm just defending the question here. I okay. think I think a lot of people are asking that. But then a lot of people asked why Ruffy was captain. <laughs> I asked. I thought it was completely fair. I don't think there'll be any change in the captaincy over the summer. To change after one year would be admission of failure. So yep. they got it wrong. So I think he gets another year. Yeah, there's, they're not going to walk that back now. Yeah, and, it, and it's not as bad as that um, Taylor Walker decision. <laughs> so we'll be fine. Uh, we heard from Chris at Hawk Talk Pod. Who will our next captain be and who's that person? That is a very good question. There's be about six candidates for the next captain of Hawthorne. It could mm. be Sicily. Mm-hmm. It could be O'Meara. Yep. Uh, actually, but probably the two that come to mind. Mitchell straight away. Yeah, does Tom Mitchell come on the phone? Mitchell. I don't think he's captain material. I don't think he'd want to be captain of Hawthorne. Could we? Could we tell Smithy he could be in the running for the captaincy so he stays a bit longer? I'm still surprised he didn't get it. 
every every turn this year just his media stuff is so good yeah that's what he's, we want him for well he just <laughs> he just seems like a good representative i feel like the, the players would like him but the club wanted to give to shields and he wanted to do right it. okay yeah they have to want to do it now yeah <laughs> well i mean that helps doesn't it yeah they don't i mean some uh i feel like looking back a few of the captains didn't want it mm. especially when we were Name names. The bottom. Nah. <laughs> okay. But well, I know Crawford had a lot of trouble um, mm. holding up the captaincy and all the it was hard effort he had, it was a hard hard Crawford had it very hard. Um I think Sicily and Amir will be the candidates for the next two. They're, they're the next two likely candidates at Hawthorne to be captain. Uh Warple down the track, a bit further down the track. Could be captain. Seeing as we've got 2020 vision at the moment, let's get to this question from Jacob at Hawk Talk Pod. Are we capable of genuinely contending in 2020? For me, this team has the want and the fight, and with the right additions in the offseason, we could be right around the mark again. What are your thoughts, guys? Well, without exceptional players on any line, we're pretty far off, I would have thought. It's no longer the, uh, the team rolling mall game as much as we thought it used to be. So you can't really hide... I mean, we're very even, almost like a Ross Lyon team at the moment. You take that back. <laughs> <laughs> we don't seem to have a weak link, but we don't seem to have... A strong link. Well, just someone that's unbeatable. <laughs> Say it. No, I, get, I, I take your point. So I'd like another midfielder and I'd, I'd like another key defender, please. And um, if we could get another key forward, that'd be great. Oh, look, we have needs across all lines. I'm not going to deny well, that. We'll get a midfielder next year. Tom. Yeah, Mitchell. Yeah. <laughs> He's okay. Is he going to be the same player, though? Do we have to worry about that? Uh, it might be 2021 before we get him back at the closer levels of... Yeah, because it's a significant injury. Yeah, major mm. injury. It'll take him a while to get some form back. But even he's playing at a middling level, still pretty good. Um, I don't think Hawthorne can win the flag next year, but I would expect them to make the finals. I, I would never predict us to win the flag, but I would think we'd be contenders. Yeah. I th- I, that's no question in my mind. I think we can... Very dependent on the draw, of course. Yes. Yes, it is. Yep. They've got the mid-table draw, the 6-6-6, but they'll somehow still end up playing the Premiers twice. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever that is. Can we get the... uh us get a home game against Richmond next year. Yeah. Can we get the fanciful Richmond draw of having like eight at the MCG on the run home? Yeah. That'd be good. And people wonder why they're in form and flag favourites. Nice not to have to go into state for the last game of the year. Yes. Yeah. And Actually, it's be, happened a lot, hasn't it? It'd be it? nice to have an MCG game in the last... Nice to have an MCG home game in the last three weeks of the year. Mm. Having said that, we never lose the last round. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, amazing. That's right. it's, it's pretty strange. Now it's time for everyone's favourite segment is we're looking at the list. <laughs> this has been building for a number oh, of weeks. This so is from... when all the Hawthorne-listed players switch off, isn't it? <laughs> oh, well, some of them might want to. I don't know. It depends what we make of them. We've got uh, trade, delist, or retain. Now, we heard from Josh at Hawk Talk Pod. The only thing I've been able to think about since the final siren of the Eagles game, apart from the crows sucking, is just how ruthless Clarko and the list management team may be and who and how many players will be saying goodbye to. So we've mocked up a bit of a list here. Uh, it's possible we're missing people, but let's just go with it. Trade, We're delist. definitely missing one, Nick. Are we? One of your favourites. Do you want to kick it off? Yeah, brand. And I say that. How dare you? I say it like that because he always looks like he's stuttering. <laughs> was he not good? He was one of the better players on the weekend, I thought. In the VFL, in the yeah. VFL, yeah. yeah. I mean, the question is... It's trade, delist, or retain. <laughs> it wasn't where I was going, but <laughs> indeed, that is the point of this segment. I retain. 
Yeah. Well, you can't just take Brand out of the team. Well, he There's could be no getting games at Gold falling. Coast. He could, well, he could Even be. Port Adelaide might put him he, in defence. He will seek a trade. Yeah, because he's too good to be. He'll seek a trade. I reckon he will be looking for an, an, a fresh opportunity next year. No, probably, to be honest, can't blame him. Well, here's a really relevant question, I think, based on all this stuff. We heard from Ryan at Hawk Talk Pod. Keen on hearing what you and Ash think the future looks like for our back six, particularly in terms of key defenders, given that Brand is out of favour and probably ripe for a delisting. And Frawley, while he's been good, maybe has only 30 games left in him. Um, it is a little worrying, isn't it? Probably have to start looking. Our, our defence was really good this year, but the future is still a question mark. Statistically, it's great. Yeah. Well, who's, who's potentials to come into the back six? I mean, who... Um, GF is probably Ben Gurren's the back six player. They've got Greaves, who's probably a year or two away still from from it. Mm. Kaczynski, yep. I think, is a key defender. Yes. Not a forward? I know he played forward for Box Hill. <laughs> they, uh, they've they, been trying it. They keep swapping and changing him. Yeah, well, I think it's a whole idea. Yeah, we, we'll teach you to play both ends, like they have for O'Brien and, yeah. and well, others. But like, I think I O'Brien think, was the decided to put him back after a long time. Yeah, I think... Um, I think they've got a bit of. I mean, it'd be good to keep Brand for depth for one more year. But I, if I was Brand, I'd be looking to move. Oh, well, he's been in, he's been told his insurance for what three years now. Yeah, yeah it's a long and time. Frawley keeps playing well, so yeah. Well, um, he, he was almost as good as he's ever been in the last six weeks. Frawley, yeah. yeah. Well, I had a, a heated argument with a Hawthorne supporter. Who said, "Yeah, I'd like to get a Frawley. He's hopeless." I said, Really? You did you engage with that? Did you? <laughs> Do you watch games? He's <laughs> been fantastic. In deep trouble without him. Still makes me nervous when he has the ball, but um, no, he's been fantastic this year. Very good performances. But I mean, you know, Ryan's question of just what comes next really stands. I wonder if we can make any movement on that in our off season. Well, there's some blokes available, isn't there? That Tomlinson, we could push him back. He's quite tall. Patton. Carlisle? You want to put Patton, Patton. in defence. <laughs> he turns unbelievably slow. That's right? as crazy as playing Nash in the ruck. It'll probably happen, though. Because <laughs> if... Oh, Ash is a good judge. He, I got all excited about Cogs. Yep. And um, it, it didn't happen. Mm. As Ash, You were very sure about as Cogs. As Ash had told me it wouldn't happen. <laughs> so you should have listened. Well, he just... I mean, he was definitely taking the Mickey Cogs, wasn't he? I think so, yeah. He heard Cogs Togs. He's like, oh, I'll string him on a bit longer. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to cop it now. <laughs> uh, okay, what about Minchington? He's had his injury concerns this year. Do we trade, delist, or retain? Well, we didn't see Minchington. No, he's very close. Very close to having a pinch of Minch. I don't remember what round it was. A pinch of Minch. A pinch of Minch. It was going to be the MCG, I believe. Um, yeah, he was emergency. And then he played in the VFL, did another hammy. So, I mean, that injury's kept him out for nearly three years now, yeah. both at Hawthorne and at St Kilda. So, Frustrating year for him. The thing is, we've had a lot of list changes already. So whether they want to keep making more list changes... I think he was a week away from getting a game when... Mm. I can't remember when it was. At some stage, he was emergency and thought he's... They want to have a look at him before the end of the season. They did the hammy again. So. It was it was in the what, probably like last quarter of the home and away season. So yeah, he was very close. David Mirror trade delist or retain? Uh, I think he'll be delisted, and then he'll probably leave Box Hill as well. He'll get some more money elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. He's got a nice job at New Balance or something waiting for him as well. I think. Does that he, so? Uh, Does he? He's when he finishes footy. So no, I think he'll retire and go to the Eastern Footy League and make a fortune at Croydon or. Hmm. East Burwood or somewhere. Losing another capable backman there. Can't help but feel that, that we need to fill that as well. Well, he's been overlooked for the rest of the year. So hmm. they've told him. So, and this is the big delisting. 
Um, oh, geez, you are cold. What, Birchall? Don't talk about Birchall that way. Don't you think they're going to list him? Well, I'm worried that by the time this comes out, we might already know. I'm thinking there's going to be big things happening. Well, they've been pretty quiet. I mean, he wasn't eligible for Box Hill, but Mm. wouldn't they have told us already? My theory is that they see what Burgoyne does. Right. I see sense in that, yeah. I'd keep both Burgoyne and Birchall. Mm. They'd like to keep Burgoyne. They've said yet another year, but you know that's the three years in the Gold Coast, including a job and what have you. That's going to be very tempting for him. He's up there at the moment touring the facilities. Is he? Yes, apparently. Yep. Burgoyne leaves Hawthorne. I reckon they might give Birchall one more year on, on a reduced contract. Okay. Well, he did look all right when he played. He looked, he, he looked perfectly fine when he played. It was the old Birchall that we know and love. I would have loved to have seen Birchall and Scrimshaw playing in the same team. Yeah, Mirror images. Dream the dream, Tiz. Retain. All right, okay. <laughs> you you flipped me. You flipped me. <laughs> but on the other hand, I have to let go of Burgoyne. So it's a tough. It is tough. But he's going to get to 400 if he goes to Gold Coast. That yeah. is a cert. Yeah, it's true. Unfortunately, he won't get any closer to the record for the finals tally, though. Will he still keep in front of Frio? That's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> That's the race we're looking at. Yeah. They got a coach yet? Because uh, David Hale took over, yeah, which took is quite over. exciting. But I don't think they do have a coach. No, they don't have a coach yet. Do we any idea who they're looking it's at? It's a toss up between Justin S- Longmuir and Peter Sumich. Oh, Sumich! I hated that bloke back Why? in the nineties. I don't know. Just couldn't. Because he's him. good. Yeah. <laughs> took ages to kick the ball. You think? You think? Uh, what's his name? Ben Brown. Bobby Brown. He, Bobby Brown. <laughs> he, he he takes ages to kick. Well, Sumich, I couldn't stand it. Anyway. Next cab off the rack is uh, Johnny Segler. Well, as far as I'm concerned, he's gone. Uh, the offer will be too good, and, and Hawthorne have reshaped their team in the last two games to give him the idea that there's a spot for him, but I, I don't think he's staying. You think he's smarter than that? He'll Probably. see straight through it? Yep. Where's he going? Uh, GWS. I've is, also heard Brisbane. Isn't Paddy Ryder going to GWS? I've heard Paddy's going to St Kilda. Yes, I've heard that too. But um, that's what this time of year is. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? But they probably take them both. Their rack stocks are that bad. <laughs> well, it could be, it could be that Se- Segler goes to one and ride it to the other. To the other. Uh, we heard from Andrew. Who should be on our list in terms of rucks for 2020, Pitts or Segler to stay? I mean, that leads us nicely into the next question. What do we do with Mark Pittenet? Keep. I'd keep him. We have to keep him. Segler goes, absolutely keep him. Yeah. And based off this year alone, Ned I Leaves think he's is going to be the second ruckman. But is anyone going to come for Pitto? Ruckman are like backup quarterbacks. Backup ruckman are like backup quarterbacks in the NFL. You've got to have someone who you know, is content to carry the clipboard, but you've got complete faith can come in and execute when required. So uh, they've got that with Pitt. Now they put a lot of time and effort and monkey working with him. So mm. you know, I think you bite the bullet with Segler and say, thanks, Segler's been fantastic. We go off and... You know, uh, get yourself a nice fat contract somewhere, and uh, Pedo is, is coming because McAvoy. The chance of McAvoy, he misses two or three games. Guaranteed, miss two mm. or three games a year. Pitney should play more next year without. Um, they can't without, play twin though. No, they no, they, they can't, can't be the same team. No, well, it'd be very hard unless Segler goes back to that key position, that key defender role. Potentially, the only way it works. I mean, Pitney's got some. Flaws, but you also got a bit mongrel about him. I like that. Well, that's only developed recently, actually, yeah. that mongrel. And he's hurt a couple of folks in the VFL. Yeah, so I'd like to I'd like to see Pittnett stay. Uh, next bloke, Puopolo. He shouldn't even be on the list. 
I mean, on this list. I was going to say, yeah. just, should I read between the lines on that one? No, he, he got picked whenever he was available, and yeah. no, he was he's not going anywhere. Doesn't seem like it, does it? It'd be a horrible and misleading waste to just delist him from here. Really? What would be the point? I've got him picked as going. Really? Yeah. To who? Retiring. Done. Oh. Well, surely he would have put his hand up already. Well, this is the next few weeks are about. Okay. Maybe he will. That would genuinely his surprise me. His offensive output is... Minimal. Minimal now. So is know. the teams. <laughs> I don't General. know whether... It's all about his prospects after footy. Yeah, I, I'm not sure that he offers a whole lot. Why would you keep picking him? Yeah, by, by their measure, he must be doing something right. Yeah. Oh, cause, and it's one I'm very happy to be wrong about, but he's offensive. Out. I mean, I think the, the Giants game, Canberra, he might have... Uh, mm. I think he, he turned up, yeah. He turned up offensively, but... Yeah, I haven't had him picked playing next year for a while, but I'll I'll defer to you. Certainly at round eight, I Mm. looked at him and I thought, well, if you're still on the list at the end of the year. Yeah, no, same. But he picked up. I would say that if we do keep him, he's not playing much footy next year. He just can't. You've got to start looking to the future at some point. Uh, By the way that we've kept on picking him for season 2019, I imagine he stays on, but... He would have to stay on the knowledge that uh, your time's over. We've got to look for someone else to fill your role. And Isn't it Dylan Moore or someone next year doing that sort of thing? That's what I thought. You've got Hanrahan, Moore. Hanrahan, Moore. He's keeping guys like Hanrahan. He's keeping guys like Moore and Hanrahan. But he's also keeping a, a, a level of pressure acts there that mm. they have to get past. He might, weirdly enough, be one of the more tricky ones on this list. You can make an argument either way. But... Well, I remember at the end of 2015... And mm. I thought, how can we win a fourth? And I looked at the team and I thought, well, if Poppy's still in that team, mm. we're not winning a fourth. Right. And he's still here. <laughs> Plugging away. And we haven't won a fourth. <laughs> well, we were talking about earlier, <laughs> a, a guy that epitomises heart, it's Paul Poplar. He ne- never stops trying, regardless of his output in terms of right. goals. So you know what you're going to get with Poppy. Uh, what about the next bloke? This oh, is, this a, is worse. A, a key signing. Surely, Ricky Henderson. Yeah, he's retained. He'll be retained. I mean, that's the easiest I'm one here. I'm surprised they haven't announced it already. I'm a little bit they concerned. They never announce anything with Ricky. <laughs> Maybe it could be that Ricky's looking for two years somewhere else. Yeah, that's why I'm concerned. Interesting character. Do you watch the videos? Yeah, I did on, watch that one. Yeah. He doesn't do... They won't... He doesn't he like to... doesn't even, like the limelight. Even the Hawthorne Media Department, other media. <laughs> <laughs> so... Interesting, interesting bloke. I think he's an acquired taste. Yeah, well, he doesn't seem like a mean or nasty fellow. No, just, he just seems yeah, to want, want away from the spotlight. He... So maybe the delay with Henderson, maybe he's looking for two years somewhere. Maybe he's thinking a, a Melbourne or a St Kilda or a, I don't know. Well, well he, based Someone on that. look at look at his figures and say, oh, we'll back you in for two. Hawthorne will give you one, we'll give you two, even at age 31. But uh, you'd like to see him. Based on that, and and we know what Hawthorne's ruling on these things are when you're over 30, but would either of you give him two if it was up to you? No. No? No. Stick with one. There you go. All right, we shall see how that plays out. Of all the players on the list, his one has proved me wrong. Mm. I thought he was just there to provide a bit of depth. Yep. You know, play 25 to 30 on the depth chart. Mm. Empty out your pockets and you get a delisted free agent. I mean, he's just totally astounded me. How good he's been. Next bloke, I think it's pretty cut and dry. Sad to say, uh, Mr. Sean Marcus. Uh, yep. Retain. <laughs> Listen to you. <laughs> yeah, you're shocking. Oh, he no, hasn't even gone. had a run at it this year. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah. Every, yeah. every player gets Give one year like that. Give him a go. I think even he knows he's uh, 
cards are marked. Yeah, it's it's got to be it now. That's yeah, sad. It's because um, if you play any of their career, you at least want to get them to to have a swan song, but it just hasn't happened for him. So uh, I think we bid him farewell. Sadly, uh, Sean Burgoyne, we've already touched on. I, can we go gut feeling? I guess we've already talked about him, but let's go gut feeling about what's going to happen here. Gut feeling is he he'll go to Gold Coast. Yeah, I agree. Oh well, my head says he'll, he'll go to Gold Coast, and I've basically been preparing myself for him to go for the last six weeks. Oh, listen to you. Look at his little face. Well, listeners can't. I wish they could. Uh, <laughs> what about Taya Miles? Oh, uh, this what poor else? Guy. What else can we say about Taya Miles yeah. at this point? The list didn't get a game all year. Had yeah. Ample chance to pick him. Well, what do you think, Ash? Are you a fan of Taya Miles? Because you 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 tossed out you tossed out well, list. He, I thought he played well last year, and then he got dropped for the final. Yeah, which suggests that they they figured that these cars are marked then. Well, they put him on the table. Didn't do, anything, didn't do anything to be dropped, and then he got, didn't get picked for the final last year. So it's uh, an it's an interesting call. I don't got think we him this year. He yeah. should have come in for that Giants mm. game. Yeah, I don't. I can't see what's wrong with Miles. So, they've yeah, obvi- but they've obviously come to some conclusion. And yep, he'll get it. he'll get uh, he'll be rookie by someone else. Will he? Yeah, someone else will see if they can get. Do something because no offers came for him last year. They did try and yeah, move him yeah. on. Put him but on the table. I think he'll be rookied somewhere else. Another bloke as well who, um, in that losing side on the weekend for the VFL, could hold his head high, Miles. Although he did reasonably well to keep the team in it until we got blown away. Uh, the last guy, uh, Tim Moore. Jeez, we haven't talked about him for some time. No, well, he's still recovering from a horrific, almost car crash of an injury, but mm. uh, he's he was almost done when he left the Giants, so I imagine he right. will be delisted. Yeah, he'll be delisted. Yep. No, I agree with that. And with that, uh, in terms of our list changes, I guess we better get to who we're bringing in and what we're doing at the uh, the trade and the draft. Oh, this is the fun part. Oh, yes. This is where I just sort of go into my fantasy land of trades <laughs> and how we win our next premiership. So, I mean, the fact that we have you here, Ash... The big talking point from your last appearance on this podcast was how you told us we weren't getting cogs. <laughs> Who else aren't we getting? <laughs> <laughs> People are dying to know the latest, if indeed there is a latest, on the prospect of Whitfield being right. a trade target for Hawthorne. This is what I'll tell you. Um, Doesn't sound like good news. <laughs> <laughs> somebody who reached out to me on Twitter who has used to work for Hawthorne um, and knows the list management space, said uh, basically call your jets on Whitfield because they don't have a cap anymore. I said, who doesn't have a cap anymore? Hawthorne? As in Hawthorne's full and can't yeah. pay, which I found no. strange because yeah. Hawthorne's got a war oh, no, I, I know what he means. And he said <laughs> the Giants basically can do whatever they like. They can find the money for whoever they need to because they've got Tucker Bay. Say it. Ambassadorships. And oh, that, there yeah. it is. Oh, yeah. All yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, that's going. what it's called. They're not... Cool and fair. It, it's not. <laughs> so yeah. if they if he wants to stay, he will stay. Um, up. The Giants will be able to satisfy him financially. Then it comes down to, well, he just wants to come back and play in Melbourne. If he wants to come back and play in Melbourne. If the G- if I GWS still think fall off a cliff, which their form suggests they might. Mm. Well, they might not now. That was a pretty... Bad loss to us in terms of them going to finals. And if they are out week one against the Dogs, yeah, people will, will start asking what, more What's questions. happened to their window then? Is it is it closed from there? Because, I mean, they've been in it for a long time. Hawthorne will inquire about Whitfield at this trade period. Okay. Well, that means we'll be giving up something. But they'll inquire. But I, I think 
Hawthorne. Uh, Hawthorne will have a big. He's next on their list, I think. He's he's the next one on their list. But uh, they'll have the conversation now. Or they'll come hard at the end of next season if he decides to. If it's not about the money for Whitfield, uh, and he just wants to leave. I would say Hawthorne would be at the head of the queue. It's not all bad news, though, in terms of what we've heard on the grapevine. Oh, it's good news that he's unhappy there, is it? Well, I'm, I'm just trying to tee you up with he's what you've heard. He's frustrated and... Yeah. Okay. Why? Oh, they're not as good as they should be, I would imagine. Well, that's plain to see. I'd accept that um, as a reason. There's a lot of number one draft picks that don't seem to gel into a, into a side. Uh, they just seem to turn up whenever they like. And this um, is something... It's all a little bit too hard when it snowed. If the salary cap works the way it's supposed to, then someone will fall out eventually. Yeah, but it, it already, never seems to. Yeah. That's incredible. Uh, that, that dissatisfaction that you allude to, Tiz, that's on good authority or? Ah, it's okay authority, yeah. <laughs> well, it's what we get in most of the media, so who am I to turn my nose up at it? Uh, we heard from. I mean, I haven't been wrong yet. Not in living memory, though. Uh. <laughs> Yeah. Frio is still going to win the flag, or Cogs, or anything like that. <laughs> uh, that's why. What, what do you always say? Predictions are a chumps game, or yeah, no? Well, I mean, you do it every week. I was going to say, <laughs> oh, I know it best, so I'm not one to be throwing stones. But Alex raises a good point here. Yes. He says missing out on both Cogs and Shield is our approach to free agency flawed, or are we dealing with a generation more interested in money than legacy? Well, we did miss out on Cogs because he stayed. You got to make a distinction. We missed out on Shields in a, in a contest with yes. other clubs, and same with Tom Lynch. Yeah, Carlton also missed out on Cogs. Um, so. when, it's, when, when they choose to stay, you haven't really missed out. Mm. Um, so I don't sort of necessarily agree with the premise that, of that. Um, Surely we but, have a hell of a lot of cash. I'm space. told the Hawthorne's not the destination club that we think it is anymore. Because Who is? They're waiting for the Ryko Centre to be torn down and <laughs> want to get to few, Dingley. A few bits and pieces. They're seen as a middle-of-the-road team. And that's the danger, isn't it? That you become yeah, you middle get of the, stuck there. You get well, stuck in the middle of the road. Why ninth. we want it to be 13th? Yep. Hey, don't look at me. I didn't do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> you were so happy when we won. I was sitting there going, oh, we won again. <laughs> Clarkson's very powerful. It. I think Dingley will put Hawthorne back in play as a destination club mm. in a couple of years because it's going to be a, an unbelievable place to go to work every day. But there might be a little rut at the moment where it's not quite the destination club um, that they used to be. So when should we, we need sub- to probably get our heads around that as well. When should we uh, start submitting our resumes for the Dingley Centre? <laughs> when will that be built? Do we know? I've got the AGM coming up. Have they factored in a, um on-site recording studio for us? Or <laughs> what are they doing about that? Uh, it's probably the Jack Fitzpatrick studio. Oh. <laughs> I thought he was... Uh, he's, he's already on his way at SEN now, isn't he? He is. He's my colleague, I should. Yeah. So, the only nice things about, uh, Fitz, about Fitzy. Um, I think that, yeah, it's a tough it's tough setting for Hawthorne at the moment in the free agency stakes. But, we but have they're cashed s- up. Yeah, we have so right. much money. Uh, Who wants up. the money? And do we just tadpole all our players, like Warpool? Does he get... They'll look after Warpool. Yeah, but he might get paid a huge amount now and mm. then yeah. slope it down into the next five years and yeah. offer him another huge well, you've amount got to, pay, to retain. You've got to pay an extra amount. You've, you can't go... You've got to pay a certain amount with the cap as well. You've got to pay a minimum amount. So not that Hawthorne's in danger of that, I think, or falling under mm. the minimum. But, but, yeah, they'll need to think about for a couple of players you know, paying but the, a bit now. And the, then... the point is you can tadpole a few players mm. and then in about three years your 
total worth is actually much more than the salary cap, although it doesn't appear so on paper. Mm. We heard from Matt at Hawk Talk Pod. Do you feel like Hawthorne are going to use their first draft pick this year or trade it away? The million-dollar question. Mm. They're right, pick 10, they're right on the cusp of... Greatness. ...of use it, <laughs> use it or trade it. Yeah. They tend to not have a great deal of time for players outside the top 10. Mm. Uh, that's been the history. So I heard that uh, Clarko's not the biggest fan of Finn, but you know how can they not pick him after that article? But, uh, surely they have to. Yeah. Surely they have to. But he's overlooked others in the past. We've had Jarman come and go. We've had Deers. They're very unromantic when it comes to father son. He certainly he did the um, he did the, the or they put the player down to seventeen players spent a, a, a few weeks with the club at the start of the year, and he he was at Hawthorne and. More reports, I'm very happy with him. But maybe, using your theory, uh, but he might reading put, between the lines, his article is a bit of a plea to Hawthorne. Please, but he might have I put that out club. there. He might have put that out there so no one bids for him early. There's a question from AFL for fans here at Hawk Talk Pod. How do the recruiters rate Finn McGuinness? It seems that people think very highly of him. He's had a good final series. His last few weeks of the season have been pretty good. His last game for Vic Metro was good, and I think he's been playing well for the Dragons since then. So, so I think he's got – and someone on ESPN the other day, one of their, their draft analysts had him at, top, at number 15. Yeah, no, no higher than 15. For anyone that is not familiar with Finn McGuinness, well, I guess in broad terms, what are we calling him? Like, is, is he a big-bodied mid? Is that what we're saying? Or? Yeah, I think he's, yeah, he's the big-bodied the big mid. Yeah, potential big-bodied mid. I right. think um, – the thing for Hawthorne is once you get to 15, I mean, the, the differences between the players, you can throw a blanket over players once you get to 15 to 20 in the draft. So the players can, Hawthorne can bid for him if they really want. If you get, if you slip through to 15, 16, 17, Hawthorne can get him. Well, they're absolutely. Hawthorne have never had to do the points before. I don't know how it works because they've never actually had to do the bidding system. <laughs> well, they, uh, they're absolutely right, though. It's all about the player development. Where they go in the draft says very little after about pick 12. Look at Mitch Lewis. Yeah, and Hawthorne back their developments. And Hawthorne is rated in the competition as having one of the best, if not the best, development systems. So it doesn't really matter, Hawthorne. If you're not a top 10 pick at Hawthorne, don't worry. I mean, mm. And Warple is the latest example of that. Well, it's a better example than Lewis, to be honest. Um, don't worry if we don't get the pick. But it, it, pick 10s are on the cusp of uh, whether they'll go to the draft. I'd like to see them go to the draft. I'd like to see them mm. take a, a, use pick 10. or It might be pick 11 by the time Gold Coast get their priority pick. And mm. then... Um, go back again and and take McGuinness. I think it'd be good. See, pick 10 potentially is uh, leaves you thereabouts for Fisher Mackesy, son of Chris, who played one game for St Kilda, an old mate of mine, who's the best key position prospect in the draft. He's a defender. Hello, could use that. I was reading about him the other day and I thought, oh, that sounds damn good. Yeah, he go might, again with that name, sorry? Fisher Mackesy. Okay. Uh, his father played one game for St Kilda in 1983. Just to work with him, and he's a, a big big Bulldogs fam, family, even though the dad played for the Saints. But uh, Fisher Maxey is the one to keep an eye on. He's a big boy. What about this next question? Uh, AFL for fans actually hit us with a few. Is Glass in the Hawks' future plans? Now, did I read something where he's been signed? Very quietly. Yeah, I'm in, pretty in sure Glass has been signed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's been signed. Uh, so I guess I mean that automatically puts him in the future plans. Just how significantly? I guess we'll wait and see. Uh, does the club have a connection with any Irish prospects? I guess beyond we would never know. <laughs> Not until they have the academy and you see some of the boys come out and but basically they just come from the clouds. Uh, but you'd think that Nash would be able to talk a few over, that. wouldn't it? Yeah, I was waiting for that. <laughs> any, any, any. What do you think of Nash's season, Ash? 
<laughs> oh, look, looking for reinforcements. Uh, I think he's getting better. I, I was about War, to give up Warple-esque. on him. Warple-esque? <laughs> not, Warple-esque. <laughs> not Warple-esque. In the way that he just... What we, lo- we, started to see, we started to see some straight kicking and some contested marking. Yes. So, I love I think, it how Ash is answering this so sincerely. I think he's worth <laughs> it. just unemotional. He's, he's really... He's worth pursuing with, but what I can't see is how they fit him and Patton, Patton and O'Brien and Lewis in the same team next year. I can't. I don't know how that. I don't know how it works. Mm. Ruck wingman. <laughs> That's what you've been campaigning <laughs> for <laughs> the longest time. Who knows? It, might say, it just might be another genius Alistair Clarkson move. We just don't know. Uh, we heard from Lee. Now these are broad questions. Who should Hawthorne target in the trade period? I think we've. We sort of covered that. Uh, no, no, we haven't. I've got a whole list here. Oh, uh, do you actually? Because yeah. I was just thinking in broad terms, like across all lines, we need key everything. Um, but go this, on. This has a bit of a whiff about it, but uh, Jake Carlisle. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, they tried to get him last time, didn't they? Yes, and then <laughs> then apparently we didn't want him awfully quickly after he didn't uh, come. <laughs> uh, he's done nothing at the St Kilda Football Club, mm-hmm. um, and I don't see how they can really look past Carlisle because they're going to lose Brown, aren't they? So. They just decided to Culture. play dead for a couple of years, or yeah, well, who knows? Uh, Charlie Constable overlooked mm. at Geelong. Yeah, very good player. Uh, we got Brad Crouch, of course. He apparently wants out, along with his brother. No, he wants five years. Twenty-six would we give him five? That's only a one-year contract after thirty. <laughs> <laughs> he was pick two. Mm. All right, Sam Day. He's looking for a way out of Gold Coast. Do you like him? No. <laughs> He's had a bad injury history, though. But if you put him behind the ball, he might be better. Go on, next. Ash has said no. Move on. Tom Doty. Well, Ash has already told me off mic that he's not moving on. Um, does anyone like Alice Yolman? Just as a battering ram in the midfield. Tumbleweeds. Actually, he's not bad. He's not bad. I only know that through uh, working on uh, the Crow Show. I like the best on your list, but I can't imagine how he would possibly leave. Right. Finlayson? Yeah. You don't think he'd he'd walk out on the uh, GWS? No. Being very straight shooting as Ash, he's, he's hammering you here. 196, uh, key forward. He's only 24, so it'd be pretty tough to pull him out of there. Uh, Hugh Greenwood. Apparently we're into him. Yeah, have been for a while. He wants to stay at Adelaide, uh, but that's only just pushing his price up. Well, that well, it's pending the right deal. Which he's Adelaide twenty-eight. Not... He's a rookie draft yeah. pick. He's only one hundred ninety-one centimeters, 90, 92 kilos. He's not a big fella. He doesn't tear games apart. He can be in the right spot at the right time, but he'd relish coming to Hawthorne. I think so. Yeah, Brad Hill. Less said about that, the better. He doesn't want to come. Yeah, Alex... no, it's not true, isn't it? He wants to come to Hawthorne. We won't also, pay him what's nine hundred thousand yeah. dollars over <laughs> five years? And Hawthorne are saying, no, yeah, he no, he's not interested. It. <laughs> uh, Alex, I want to go to Geelong. Why? So he can sit in the spa after every game and tell them about the twenty third <laughs> grand final, <laughs> and then the twenty fourteen grand final, uh, and the twenty fifteen grand final. Is he a bit that way? That he just talks himself up? Oh, I can imagine it. Yeah, he's that bloke. I love it. Dr. Harry's going to go to St Kilda and he'll be very good for St Kilda. What yeah. happened at Freo? I mean, he takes out the best and fairest? And... I think it's just it's the uh, trouble and strife. It is. Okay. Um, so maybe it'll be a direct swap. Brad Hill for Kelly. Maybe. maybe. But apparently Kelly's manager doesn't like talking to Freo. That's great. <laughs> uh, Alex Keith. 
Well, I'm keen on Keith. Yeah, see, well, they should definitely be talking about him. Disturbed to see that he's been to a tour, that Ruffy's already taken him through the, uh, the RSEA centre. And yeah, that's right. No one, hopefully he's, he's slipped out to Waverley. Do we read into that stuff, the, the touring of the facilities, or is it just par for the course these well, days? Is it a good indicator of remember seriousness? Remember John did it? Yeah, that's that's what I'm talking about oh, as I think well. It's just a player doing their due diligence. It's usually okay. they're more discreet about it. Yeah. It's hard, hard. I wrote a piece of the pre-season record about how these tours take place. Often they take place in the dead of night or on a Sunday morning at 8 o'clock in the morning when no one's around. What do you need to look at, though? If you're going to go work in a place for five years... You but no go, one's there. You're just looking at the building. It's just, a <laughs> just equipment. Like, and that's part of it. That's this well, is, you, you've got to put yourself in, is, and try and see yourself being there. You got to see. You, know, you can't do it in the middle of the day because but you get seen. So you've got to go at night time when no one's there. If you're going to sign for half a mil for sign life away for five years, you want to know what the showers. You want to get a feel for. No, what it's not that to. bad. You only have to spend two years there. Just ask Brad L. <laughs> uh, Alex Keith. He's 197. Centimetres, he's 28 now. Yeah. So uh, with Tom Doty coming back into that side at Adelaide and them not looking particularly good, you'd think he'd move. Mm. And, of course, the one that got away and we ended <laughs> up getting McAvoy, Billy Longer, has been oh, delisted. Right. Yeah, been delisted. Uh, apparently he's got a few um, worries in his life, but he's still looking to continue his career. He's two, only 203 centimetre ruck. Never really kicked on. He was a pick eight. He's 27. You consider it only on the basis that if, if Segler walks as, as he becomes your number three ruckman. All right, I've got another one. <sighs> Camden McIntosh. Oh, yeah. running around the VFL on the weekend. Oh, I, he, I reckon he's one of those guys who always plays well against Hawthorne. Yes, and they're the ones we usually go for. <laughs> like like Ty Vickery. <laughs> <laughs> Ty Vickery could kick him from the boundary line. We offered him a contract. I uh, reckon... Can strip your enemies of their best right assets. All right. So we're going to tick. Is he coming? Let me put him well, I don't know if he's coming. But that's no, yeah, just that's you're asking a lot of Ash there, just on the spot. Is he coming or what? Braden Sears still think, hasn't Can signed. I ask you a question? Mm. Do you think Roddy listens to the podcast? No. <laughs> <laughs> I would be incredibly nervous if he did. <laughs> oh, by, by the way, shout out to the uh, Box Hill Hawks social team who have now followed us, us on follow, Twitter. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's good. I think we earned that. We've given them plenty of coverage over the years. A year. photographer listens to the podcast. Yes. Kadek. Yep, indeed. Kadek, Kadek. Yeah, we had that trouble too. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, she's great. And she um, she's doing it again next year, she told me. I look forward to um, getting down and seeing a lot more Box Hill next year. I, I, did you say I fished out the uh, 2003 Box Hill membership? I found that it had uh, nothing, it, no had, clicks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can do yeah. that, right? Yeah, you I should have. You can have a whole punch. Yeah, just I should have just do done it. Yourself. it. <laughs> no, no, that's, I, I clearly just didn't see many games that year. So, it's very young. What about Sam Powell Pepper? He's had off field issues, which they'd be worried about. But his potential is ridiculous. Well, you could Port Adelaide, where you used to fleecing Port Adelaide. And... He's had on field issues in terms of being mediocre. So, that's probably oh. what I'd be looking at. Look, um, <laughs> that Port Adelaide midfield, Boke turned up and did wonderful things this year. Mm. And nobody else went with him, really. But. Sam Pell Pepper, I'd, if he had the right instruction, he'd be terrific. He's aggressive. He can yeah, get his own ball. Yeah. Well, that was it's when he was young and bullish. Far too seriously. But he's... Anyway, last year I was at the grand final and mm. I was watching this really big, sort of bouncing baby boy running around in a Collingwood <laughs> jumper. And I had to look up his name because I didn't even... Braden Sear. He's still on about him. 
He's mass- he still hasn't signed. That article came out and said, oh, he's imminent signing, still unsigned. He'd be terrific at Hawthorne. He's a good player. Mm. He kicked a wonderful goal the other, against us, I think. All right, Adam Tomlinson. Jesus, is a long list. You got many to go? Nah, there's only three more. Right. And we've covered one of them already. Okay. Adam Tomlinson from the GWS again. Like mm. going back there. Yep. Another. He's 194, but he's a midfielder. Lockie Whitfield we've discussed. And then the other Port Adelaide player, mm. Ollie Wines. Is he on the outer, is he? Well, apparently he might be on the outer. Okay. And I don't believe it because he is captain. But. Well, I thought the one they tried to tip out is. Um, Rockcliffe? Yeah. Heard some stories about Rockcliffe. Have you? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Not for the podcast. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now, who was the one they were trying to tip out? Well, Pal Pepper's one I'm trying to tip that's out. That's it. Yeah. Okay. And uh, that, that's it from a list. That's my. I didn't. Well, I like Keith. Yeah. And um, I reckon Hawthorne could make. Charlie Constable, a sergeant. What do you reckon? Yeah, he's uh, he's uh, wasting away down there. But I mean, if uh, Will Ablett continue on, Selwood looks like he's at the end of his run. Mm. Um, Danger can't kick him from forty-five on the run. So <laughs> you know, no, everything's roses down there. If they win a premiership, imagine how many fall off that list at Geelong. Right, time to get to everything else. It's not necessarily trade and draft stuff because we've covered that in depth. Jesus has been a long show. Um, Trent, with a very pressing question, with Ruffy done, who takes the number two? Well, who's on a high number? Who hasn't been given a new number yet? Kaczynski. 41. He'll probably get a lower number. I would say so. Cousins. Cousins will stick with the 46. I'll tell you, I'll tell you he'll be number two fourth on next year. Mm. Jay Scrimshaw. Ooh, it's a good pick. 35. It's not a bad number. Mm, be better. Come on, they've got to retire the 36 as well, right? Are they finally going to retire it? Who's 36? Uh, Moore. You know, the yeah. injured bloke. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll, I'll scrimshaw for number two for me. Uh, I reckon that's a good pick. I'm happy to be on board with that one. Tears, you don't seem as sure. Uh, no, I, I don't know what they'll do there. We heard from Richie at Hawk Talk Pod. Hi, lads. The podcasts are superb. Well, thank you very much, Richie. I'm not liking September 2019. Missing the Mighty Hawks already. Uh, he's got a question about the fixture here. Was the fixture an easy excuse for home crowd numbers or are we fickle? They, they've got a bad rap for the Mother's Day crowd, but I would argue that with all those 320 Sunday games, I think there's a whole lot of people say, well, we can't go to all of them and the one we're going to miss is Mother's Day. It's completely fair enough. Against the Giants. And that no away support to sort of add another five to 8,000 to the numbers. So I think they got a bit of a, a bad rap for that one. It wasn't a great um, fixture. What annoyed me about the fixture was, and I don't have a great deal of faith in the AFL executive who runs the fixture. I think he's one of the more lightweight members of the AFL executive. But the Richmond getting seven games to finish the MCG. I know they had... Oh, it was weighted the other way. They played a lot of interstate games earlier, but you don't give a team seven games to finish the season on the home ground. Nope. They um, finished, uh, let's see, just trying to... Uh, first. Hawthorne's last, last home game at the MCG was round 16. Which was ridiculous. Was yeah. A, a boring on a disgrace. It felt like the season was over for a lot of fans. Like, oh, uh, well, yeah, so we'll see you next year. I mean, about to all the, <laughs> yeah. I'll see you next year because you don't... Might, ca- might catch up with the pub. We'll see. We'll see you next April. So I'd like to see Hawthorne get, you know... They should be sissing on an MCG game. Um, look, for, Tassie's going to go around for at least next year. What so are the numbers like in Tassie for us? Because they don't seem to be pulling crowds now. No, I think Tassie's... My understanding with Tassie is that local footy in northern Tasmania continues, whereas in Hobart they don't play local footy. Ah, okay. 
How about there's big cricket and a big footy in town that I don't play because I want to encourage everyone to go. But in Tassie, everyone so in Northern Tassie, compete with that. So people can't go because they're playing. So I think um, the crowds there have been a bit stagnant, stagnant as well. I've got so many places I can take this podcast now, but um, you know, Tassie in the fixture. Let's stay with Tassie for now. We heard from Paul. Uh, how big a financial hit will the club take with this push for a Tasmanian team and uh, and the games the club plays there being abolished, potentially? Well, they'll strike a deal, and I think I mentioned this last time on the podcast, but I'm yeah. happy to mention it again. A golden parachute, wasn't it? Yeah, they'll strike some sort of deal where it softens the blow commercially. They'll get recompensed for lost membership and they'll get recompensed. I mean, Tassie, you've got to forget, not only do they get the sponsorship from the government, they get a clean stadium. Really? Yeah. Every bit of advertising, ground signage, what have you, goes straight into Hawthorne's pockets. So they've got an unbelievable deal. Yeah. So they are going to lose a bit of money. They'll get recompensed for part of that. We've got such a big thing to invest in coming up with 12,000 members that they've got in Tassie, they'll say they might lose a half. I mean, Richmond and St Kilda have still got substantial Tassie membership, so a lot of those, a lot of them will stick with it because Hawthorne's their club. Some will go for. They'll downgrade to. them. Yeah, um, so I think it's going to cost Hawthorne a bit of money, but they'll negotiate a deal. I think Kenneth. I still think it's you know, Kenneth said he's going to go around for another twelve months. Had been a bit of talk that Kenneth was going to pull a pin at the end of this year, but he's now going to finish, complete his term. I think it's his last big, his last big um, legacy project. legacy project will mm. be. The Tas will be exiting Tasmania, mm. or either a long-term commitment to Tasmania, one more, or uh, getting us out of Ta- getting Hawthorne out of Tasmania. So it's going to affect the club, but hopefully the and I have to find a major sponsor. You know, they're going to have to go into the market and find a major sponsor because they won't have Tasmania on the jumpers anymore. So it's a lot to consider when we lose Tasmania. We, we heard from Patrick here, which is a when not if, by the way. Well, there you go. It's pretty definitive. Uh, we heard from Patrick. It's in- a when not if. For Tasmania. Uh, Patrick just wants to know how exactly this works. I mean, do we cut back our games played there or does it just sort of... Well, it's up to Tasmania, really. Yeah, because I guess the question for Patrick is the do ones we taper who, off? They're or the ones who a... are paying Hawthorne for the sponsorship and they're the ones who are handing over the stadium to Hawthorne for five if you include the pre-season game. So it's up to them to decide. I mean, there's all sorts of talk about... And does Hawthorne, if Hawthorne knows in three years' time it's going to be tipped out by a standalone team, does it cut its losses now and say, well, mm. let's just get, get back to Melbourne and get to work on re-establishing ourselves as, you know, 16 games a year in, in Victoria? Or do we do we seek a, do we go and find another secondary market somewhere? So um, does Hawthorne jump in and do a deal with America, New Zealand? <laughs> They're trying to build a stadium in Auckland, a, a proper... Haven't we tried that already? Yeah, I don't want to do no, that. No, that was Wellington, but <laughs> Auckland is building a stadium want to build a sort of a new round a, a new round stadium in Auckland. So maybe Hawthorne goes in there and tips a bit of money in and moves out. Who knows? They'll, they'll think they'll think laterally Hawthorne in whatever they do. But um, yeah, brace yourself. One of the reasons Savage left, wasn't it? St Kilda were going to uh, New Zealand. Also to help us get Ben McAvoy. Yeah. <laughs> it was a very odd trade, that. Uh, pulling, pulling us back to the fixture now, uh, we heard from Floyd. After the disaster of the 320 games this year, what types of fixtures will the club be after? Side note, I think we deserve to have a few Friday night games considering how well we do against good opposition. We had five. Is that a lot? Not bad. Okay. But the, the, where they got wrong with Hawthorne was they backed Essendon in ahead of Hawthorne. <laughs> I guess they would look at the results and say, well, we were justified. But well, they'd how they had seven, Friday night, seven Thursday night games and not given Hawthorne one. Was one. That's, you want to be in a Thursday night game because that's um, mm. that's really 
that's prime sponsorship we'll say as well. That makes your sponsors happy to have a Thursday night game. They'd want to have in the split for Friday nights this year, I think it was one home, four away. I think they would I, I want just, to have and the home game was in July two, depths of winter. That, they would like to have an early year Friday night game. That's another thing. That it, mm. it's been terribly wet when we've been playing at the G and mm. There's not much the no AFL car about parking that. and well they can because they give us better months at the G. Uh, well, okay, fair enough. Uh, uh, well, just on that, I felt like my query about the amount of Friday night games. Surprised to hear five because didn't it feel like tears like throughout the year of recording this podcast? Whenever I was reading out the fixture ahead, I was genuinely shocked to see we we're on a Friday night at some point because they're all the second half of the season. The first one wasn't right, until, okay, so until, I'm not going crazy. It wasn't until the Essendon game, I think, was the first one. I think you might be right. Yeah, and then they had like five. In the, over the last 10 weeks of the season, they had something like five. Yeah. You want them spread out. You want a home game on a Friday night or early in the first four to six weeks of the season when the mm. weather's good because then you get a guaranteed crowd and everyone's up and about. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, if I was doing the Hawthorne Sixty request, I'd be requesting um, not to play the last game interstate yeah. after two years of doing that. And I'd be requesting um, to play one MCG home game in the last two to three weeks of the season. Here's a question directly for you, Ash, from one of our listeners, Steve. Uh, it begins, In my mind, there is clearly an anti-Hawthorne sentiment amongst journos and the media more widely. They present most of the things Hawthorne do in the most negative way they can. They're reluctant to praise achievements, etc. Why? Is it just jealousy? Or do you happen to disagree, Ash? Uh, well, I'll tell you what goes on with Hawthorne the media. Firstly, the Hawthorne's media department is not the best or co- cooperative <laughs> I can imagine that. And so that cloud, after a while, that clouds your judgment as, as a media person. I think there's an element of they're sick of the Hawthorne story. Um, there's, I don't get a lot, Clarkson and Graham Wright aren't just one of those people you can ring up and get content out of, whereas some footy managers and coaches you can. Mm. Um, so there's an element of that. Um, Hawthorne are paying the price a little bit for um, their location. If you've got two or three conflicting media games in one day, mm. the last place you're going to go to is Waverley. We had the situation where Isaac Smith, for his 200th game, was it? There was, a, there was one journalist in the room. Yeah, yeah. That was partly because at the same time, Melbourne did the conference for uh, Jordan Lewis, <laughs> which Clarkson <laughs> oh, went to. Yeah, that's right. I mean, does uh... so there's a whole lot of little reasons. Also, you've got to understand people aren't as informed, media aren't as informed about Hawthorne. And I include myself in there. I don't know as much about Hawthorne as probably a lot of people who listen to this podcast probably actually know more about the team than mm. than I do. Because um, I've sort of got to try to pretend to be across 18 teams rather than one, <laughs> yeah. whereas most of the people listening to this podcast are probably across one. Um, so there's a whole lot of little reasons. And it's partly it's, it's, it's a combination of the media department and accessibility and um, tall poppy syndrome. Other teams are better stories. Other teams winning are better stories. And oh, here come Hawthorne winning again. Yep. I mean, I do think Hawthorne, um, I, I, I wrote this in my ACN column on stage that it was too much said that when Hawthorne lose, it was the players are no good. And when they win, it's all because of Clarkson. And I said once that the true. players deserve a bit of credit yep. for. Yep. I think when they beat Geelong, I wrote, I said, hang on, this was a really good win and the players deserve, deserve a lot of the credit for this one. They yeah. played really well. They, not, they do trot out the same stories, don't they? Um, yeah. But I think, you know, I, you know, I, I don't think the media hate Hawthorne, but they're not one it, of their favourite clubs. Have I, I answered the question? Yes, I, I think so. I, um, it came to me a little while ago that I thought Clarko deserved a rest, and I thought perhaps a jeans Joyce jeans thing could be on the cards. <laughs> wow, 
Well, I I don't see why that can't happen. Mm. Why, if you don't, if you can rest your best players for certain I'm games, not perhaps you can rest your coach. Yeah, I mean, and Hawthorne, they do that pre-season. I mean, Hawthorne had a slump of last six weeks. Those first six weeks of 2017, that was the Hawthorne slump. Yeah. And ever since then, they've actually been pretty good. I think the journos are sick of writing the story. I think it's a better story. Better makes better copy for the journos. Hawthorne being down. Mind you, they didn't kick us in the guts for finishing ninth. No, it's because people like no, uh, no one said Brad uh, Johnson and Del Santo had us, had us finishing fourteenth, fifteenth, and they couldn't say anything. Yeah, well, they but they could have gone. Oh, Clarko's figured it out. You know how to make this team win. He could have done it two weeks earlier, and we could have been, you know, playing finals. There was easier targets than Hawthorne to kick. I mean, the demons for one. But they don't even kick them. They get away with it scot free. Well, yeah. Well, till the very end of the season, yes. I think they people finally started to cotton on. Apart from the fact they beat us. Well, yeah, we don't talk about that. Uh, with that one, I'd just two more questions to blitz through here uh, from Henry. How much more jealous can supporters from the other seventeen clubs get in twenty twenty? Patton jealous. <laughs> I don't think Patton will send into fits of jealousy. No, I don't. Not I don't early. Canigli, I would have. Oh, shame. Yeah. Whitfield. Whitfield might. That's the project. <laughs> New project jealousy. Uh, TJ41, lucky last TJ41, more of a comment than a question, but wanted to say thanks to you both for your work during the 2019 season. Oh, that's well, nice. I'll speak on behalf of the listeners. Oh, Thank you, guys. It is a really entertaining podcast. You do it so well. It's oh, funny. It, you, learn, you learn things and you entertain us. And on behalf of all the listeners... Thank you for your hard work this year. You make the losses more bearable and you make the wins more fun. Jesus, hot in here, isn't it? TJ41 adds, uh, it's a fantastic podcast and a Twitter account. Which Twitter account? That's twitter.com slash hawktalkpod. And I'll miss you guys during the off-season. Cheers, guys. Well, we're not going away completely. We might take a bit of a break now. I think we've wrapped up the season in a nice little yeah, boat. Yeah, we're not going anywhere. I love draft period. Yeah, well, we'll be definitely be back surely to that. Got to think surely up. Surely you'll have a trade podcast. Yes, and, that's definitely happening. And a fixture podcast. Yep, when yep. we've got bonus episodes to record for Patreon subscribers. Patreon.com slash pod. Exclusive bonus episodes are coming in the off-season. And we've got all those hashtags to launch. Exactly. For <laughs> yeah, new players. Exactly. We've got to reload for 2020. <laughs> Uh, you can also find us on iTunes, rate and review us there uh, at Hawk Talk Pod on Twitter. As I said, keep building that community and Facebook.com slash Hawk Talk Pod. This has been a marathon episode and we want to say uh, a huge thanks, Ash, uh, for joining us again at the end of the season. Um, is there anything you'd like to plug? It's still in development, but I'm hopefully going to do my own Hawthorne podcast next year. Um, Hang on. Working title. <laughs> well, I did. So I did consult you. Yes, you I'm just working you title. Is, we can cut this later. <laughs> working title is the Golden Years podcast, and we are with a couple of uh, fellow Hawthorne mates of mine. We're going to look at some of the great Hawthorne wins, and there's been many of them. We did a list. <laughs> right. We did our working list the other day. We had 25 without thinking about it, <laughs> going back a very long way. So we're thinking about uh, revisiting some of the great Hawthorne games. There won't be a couple of losses in them in there as well, but some of the great Hawthorne games of the past. 25 to 30 years and perhaps getting some of the players who are involved to come on and talk about the games and just mm. relive some of the great times we've had as supporters and uh, it won't be uh, it won't be sort of cutting across what you guys do which no, is no. to review the games um, and we're hopeful to start actually we might even start in like February and get 
people get their Hawthorne oh, that's good. fixed nice and early. That is sensational. It sounds so good. And, and we'll obviously keep listeners posted about that because obviously they're going to really want to jump on board that podcast as well. So there you go. It's I, all it, the Hawthorne community. Exactly. We're, we're, well, we just want to keep on building it. We if want they keep ignoring us, we just have to keep making our own media. Yeah, let's keep making noise. That's the idea. <laughs> uh, Ashley, you still got AFL record stuff? and SEM? AFL record uh, is coming up. The uh, grand final record. Oh, I can say this now because it's been done. So what I've done for the grand final record is I've revisited the 1989 grand final. Oh, there it is. And speculated what would have happened if it had been a draw. So I've gone through who would have played, who would have missed, because a lot of myth about oh, how yeah, injured yeah, players. Yeah. So I've actually spoken to the players that would you have played and worked out who would have played the next week. Sure, P- we, we the- would have evened it up fairly early <laughs> in the next week. <laughs> I've, picked, I've picked the teams and uh, and I've got some uh, expert commentators to give me their predictions. So it's been a bit of fun. Fantastic. So how good is that? See, Hawthorne's not playing in the grand final, but you can't keep us out of it. Yeah, well done, Ash. Always involved. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we reckon uh, that'll do us for this podcast. It's been a big one. It's a uh, lot of it's sizzle. About six commutes to and from the city. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> to get through this podcast, have to work your way through it. Thanks for sticking with us. If you have indeed lasted this long, <laughs> thanks again to Ash Brown. Thank you, Tiz. And uh, until next week, hit record, which will be sometime soon. Take a little break, of course, but we'll be back soon enough. You won't miss us that badly. We are a happy team at Hawthorne.